Discussing world-changing ideas through real conversations. Exploring the potential of technology to solve the most critical challenges facing business, people, and the planet. Coming up... The lab is operative, but still growing. We need to work more to, to define the test cases and to develop towards blueprints. It's especially about how to automate these processes even further and also to see different activities. What we have learned that events are also very important, really to bring the community together. This is the Real Conversations podcast by Nokia. Here is Michael Hainsworth. Deep in the heart of Berlin beats the I-14Y lab. Its purpose, bring the wireless community together to accelerate the development of 5G and next generation wireless hardware and software because no single vendor, CSP or SME, can go it alone in the age of disaggregation. Cooperation is critical to success. Nobody knows that quite like Katya Henke, the Senior Innovation Project Manager at I-14Y. My first question, what does I-14Y mean? That is a good question and I've uh, been asked that quite often. I-14Y stands for interoperability. And if you have the I and the 14 and you leave out the, uh, the characters in between, then you will count 40. So I-14Y interoperability. So it's faster, more efficient, and that's the solution. Interoperability is critical when we talk about the type of infrastructure that you're working on. Yeah. Actually, we talk a lot about in the last few years about disaggregation, network disaggregation. And that means, you know, opening up this former black box system, especially in the area, for example, of uh, radio access network. And uh, that is exactly the point. If you open up the black box, then you and also invite more players to come up with solutions. You also need to make sure that the interoperability between these different systems is working. You've written that there was a time when a solo inventor could change the world, but I can imagine disaggregation of the network comes with integration and interoperability challenges. Since 5G is being deployed using multiple vendors within a given CSP, it's all about that interoperability. It's about collaboration. That's crucial for everyone to succeed? Exactly. As I mentioned, disaggregation is a point where you really open up this black box system. And uh, it is important that the people then here really collaborate to develop these new solutions. It cannot be done by one company anymore because it requires so much skills and also it is uh, not only time consuming, but also very investment consuming. And especially it is important to bring all these players together. So I think collaboration is key. That is why we think a community approach and ecosystem is really important to drive that forward. For example, like um, all this Linux approach and all this, when it comes to openness, it means that more people come together, more players. So that is important. So who's on board? We are three operators. That means Deutsche Telekom, Telefonica and Vodafone. And uh, then we have also three vendors three small and medium enterprises and two academic institutions. 
And everything is then funded partially by the German Ministry for Digital and Transport. And um, if you like, I can go in more detail into the different uh, groups, if you like. Let's work our way up from that list of the operators, the vendors, the SMEs, and the academic institutions. But you also said that um, this is uh, because of the German Ministry for Digital and Transport. Let's talk about why they got involved in the first place to bring all the rest of you together. It is important, not only for Germany, I would say for Europe as well, but uh, here uh, the German Ministry for Digital and uh, Transport has decided to foster and trigger really this ecosystem building. And for this initial start, it needs really to uh, uh, fund different activities. So one was, for example, to set up such an open lab as we run it here in Berlin, but also further calls will follow, for example, also how to foster SMEs in this field so that they feel attracted uh, uh, to work on network disaggregation in general. So I would say it is in their interest to go really step by step to foster the whole development. And so the three operators, Deutsche Telekom, Telefonica, Vodafone, what is, is their role in all of this? First of all, it is always important that the vendors and all the players who come along uh, to, to build such an ecosystem work closely together. So they need to understand what is the operator's requirements. And here with the open lab, we provide a touch point with three of these operators so that they better understand our way of working and our requirements. And we want to give access to reference implementations, which we have agreed among us. And our ultimate goal is also to avoid fragmentation, which where is always a risk when you have different ecosystems in place. And this is, I mean, as we agree on these uh, test scenarios, that there is more certainty for the vendors where is really our pain point. And as far as those vendors are concerned, I, I know you've got Roden Schwartz, uh, Capgemini uh, Engineering, and Nokia. What is their role in all of this? They contribute to develop reference implementations. Or, for example, they also provide test equipment. But as I said, this is a consortium, so that means that they build uh, some parts of it, but we also collaborate with further other vendors to complement the environment. But they bring also their experience, not only in form of equipment, or also in form of uh, skill sets and expertise to the play. That expertise is sort of folded into the academic institutions like TU Berlin and uh, Fraunhofer, but also I think the, the SMEs, this is sort of the, the critical point of this. I, I see the open radio access network as the, the linchpin here. If small companies can't afford to build out their contributions to ORAN, this is where they can go. They can test their technology capabilities to work with larger vendors. I would not only stress the smaller companies, I think such a test environment is important also for the bigger vendors because they have an interest to get certified, to get the badges. But of course, it makes sense, especially for the smaller ones who cannot afford to set up such an infrastructure or to get access to such an uh, infrastructure. 
they of course have a specific interest, but really to make clear, it is important to the, the broader ecosystem here as well, also to the bigger players. And especially as it is also to um, reduce the transaction cost for everyone, especially as it is our intention to share results so uh, that everyone can benefit from that. And I guess that's why you've got PlugFest. We should probably explain what PlugFest is. <laughs> yeah. A PlugFest is, of course, not a party type or anything like that. It is more where different vendors come together and it could be hardware and software. And uh, before they start the PlugFest, they agree on a test plan and what should be tested. And then they come to a certain time frame together. Let's say, uh, as we have a, currently a PlugFest running for two weeks, and they test their equipment against each other or their software. And it can happen on site, but it could be also uh, uh, remotely done. So they really come together to test and uh, furthermore to get more inputs for developing further blueprints and standards. So to accelerate market readiness in the future. Well, tell me about how you're building this open lab in Berlin to help build that future of telco networks. You're testing and validating components for their interoperability and integration? Yeah, not only for the interoperability and integration, I would also say for the conformance in general. So it is uh, very much also that we provide access here also for permanent testing, because it's not only, you know, uh, once a year to run a plug test, it's really a continuous development. So we need to run also this permanent uh, test and certification processes and uh, to really set here a broader frame for standardized testing in general based on shared scenarios. And this is really to build the open ecosystem further. Since you're in the early stages of setting up this lab, how will the partners collaborate beyond things such as PlugFest? I would say there are different possibilities. First of all, there are those companies who have an interest to test or validate, be it their hardware, their software. So they can come along to, to run the test, to specify their test, to get certified and uh, or batch together with the ORAN Alliance specifications and the uh, TIP. But also, uh, especially as we have been at, uh, at the FUSE, and uh, many companies also reached out to us for the interest to become an associated partner of the Open Lab. And uh, here we are in general open, but of course we need to go step by step to either onboard them. But you see, it is really, um, we are at the beginning and we need to grow step by step. After this podcast, learn more about this and other insightful topics by going to nokia.com slash thought leadership. There you'll find additional information linked to today's podcast. Tell me about the, those steps. What's the next step for you? The lab is operative, but still growing. We need to work more to define the test cases and to develop towards blueprints. We also think about, or not only think about, we want to start with uh, this permanent testing beginning of next year. So it is really to go step by step and at the same time also improving our processes. It's especially about how to automate these processes even further 
and also to see different activities. What we have learned that events are also very important, really to bring the community together. So it's not only a plug fest, which might take place once a year. It could be also smaller meetups or also to uh, organize exchanges among the different players. I think that is important and we will work on that as well. What we have also identified is that upskilling is a very important uh, activity. And here we will also start thinking about how to do that, how to foster that in collaboration with other partners. Tell me more about that upskilling component, because there is an understanding that we are entering a whole new way of approaching wireless networks with 5G and then 6G and everything beyond that. Um, what's the current state of uh, the education within the industry that needs those skills to be leveled up? Okay, that would be really hard to go into all the dis uh, details, <laughs> but um, I think what is observable, that, of course, radio exit network developments, disaggregation, open radio networks requires new resources. And what we see within telcos or also other companies, um, it is not existing to full extent. So people have to learn, as it is always the case when you come up with the new approaches. But it is really required to do that and uh, also to provide here a possibility. Uh, not only for for us here at the lab, but also uh, to do that for others. Well, let's expand upon that, because as you mentioned, there are two academic institutions that are on board as well. Tell me about who they are and, and what role they'll provide to the lab. Yeah, so on the one hand side, there is uh, from Fraunhofer Institute, the Heinrich Herz Institute, and uh, on the other side, also the Technical University. Here, we uh, they are in charge of working on security testing. And security is, of course, one important topic when it comes also to disaggregation. And the other part is how to develop an emulation environment for testing. Also, for example, digital twin approaches. Um, so it goes in this direction. And it's really how to prepare the pipeline for further developments in the lab. Tell me about those three SMEs. Yeah, we are very happy to have them on board. Uh, all three of them are actually based in Berlin, so just around the corner of the I-40Y lab. And here we have ENTC, for example, they have been around uh, uh, in the market for testing for 20 years, so they bring a lot uh, of expertise in the field of testing and then also the BISDN, they are very much uh, in the automation of lab, how to do that. And then we have high-speed technologies, so they come from the open source software development for uh, SMO. And that is really good to have these smaller companies that have been in the market for a long time and uh, to complement here the, the requirements and the knowledge of operators, especially to set the lab up. This all feels very much like a startup. Let's talk about those deliverables. It, you've got a three-year mandate, and I can imagine you'd like to keep going after the three years of funding. Uh, definitely. I mean, that would be our goal. 
and the first year has almost passed and uh, two years to follow. But what we have understood, it is important to already start thinking about right now how to continue. That is our goal, to think about how to provide these services, these offerings also after the funding. And that is why we have set up a stream thinking about the future model whom to involve, how to do that, and that is very much also the startup effect. So I cannot say how it will look like, but definitely it is really an endeavor, and especially with all these uh, consortium partners on board, it will keep us busy. Building a future that's productive, sustainable, and inclusive in a world that acts together. Discover how by visiting nokia.com slash thought-leadership.